Welcome to the State Support Team 11 podcast. I'm your host, Eric Neal. Today, we are joined by Matthew Longfellow. Matthew is the Apprenticeship Service Provider at Apprentice Ohio at the Department of Jobs and Family Services. Welcome, Matthew. How are you? Thank you, Eric. I'm very well. Um, thank you for having me today. That's great to have you on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work you do at Apprentice Ohio? Yes, um, I'm an apprenticeship service provider uh, within uh, the unit called Apprentice Ohio, and we're housed within, of course, Ohio Department of Job and Family Services Office of Workforce Development. I personally have been with Apprentice Ohio uh, for about six years now, and what I do specifically at this moment is I work with organizations that wish to put together what are called OSAC, or Ohio State Apprenticeship Council, recognized pre-apprenticeships. Uh, these organizations can be everything from traditional high schools, career technical centers, education service centers, or even other third-party organizations. Uh, recognized pre-apprenticeship, it's a workforce development tool that connects education with the workforce. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit about the apprenticeship pathway and what opportunities the different levels provide for students? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, starting off with recognized pre-apprenticeship, uh, this is an opportunity for students to gain a bit of technical knowledge and an official work-based learning experience, which prepares them for the workforce and in hope um, to connect them with a registered apprenticeship for after high school. Now, what a registered apprenticeship is, is as I mentioned, it is a workforce, workforce development tool that employers use to attract, train, and, and retain their uh, good employees. And really, when you connect the two, it enables um, employers within registered apprenticeship to encourage those pre-apprentices and to come to their workspace and attract them in so that they might be able to be that next generation of um, skilled, qualified, motivated worker for them. Great. So are, how does that work with, you know, say there's students that do the, the pre-apprenticeship and they figure, you know, I, I don't want to go all the way to the full apprenticeship. Does that still prepare them for the workforce to be able to go out and, and, and do a job at a little bit higher than just an entry level? Uh, yes, Eric, that's a great question. And there's value in a young person coming right out of high school, knowing what they don't like to do and don't want to do as much as them finding something they absolutely love to do. So that experience still prepares them for the workforce. They get opportunities to interview in most cases for these pre-apprenticeships. So they're coming out of high school uh, with a little bit under their belt already that's prepared them to enter the workforce. So if they don't wish to continue into a registered apprenticeship, um, they don't have to, but that opportunity uh, they know it, it could be there for them if they wanted to. And that's what the employers want to see is they want to see people um, developing that sense of um, where their career is wants to go. Because passing through a registered, a pre, I'm sorry, a pre-apprenticeship to a registered apprenticeship really puts a person on a pathway for a future in, a, in an in-demand career. No, definitely. I, I think it's it's great to give people that that test drive in a way also you know like you know what what is this really about is this something i i'm interested in and i, I think it's also just great because you know with 
with the way that you know uh, college is not necessarily for everyone, and um, we we do have all of these, like you said, in demand uh, career fields that that need skilled workers, and and to be able to set somebody up with an option to say, you know, if I if I try this out and I don't like it, maybe I do want to go to college or try something else, or maybe I want to go into another field, but then to have that connection to be able to get into a, an apprenticeship program where you know you like you said you you're you're taking off on something that that will be able to help you have a, a strong financial stable life and be able to provide for yourself and your family throughout the rest of your life yeah absolutely the really neat thing about um the apprenticeship style um learning model is more or less it's about an 80 20 80 uh, percent hand, hands-on working and about 20% of targeted education. Um, so as I like to say, and I think this is important, not just for maybe the parents to the parents of, of high school students to realize that apprenticeships aren't an escape from education for their children. Um, it's um, a different form of higher learning. So once they leave high school, they'll continue to learn and develop themselves, but it may not feel like it because they're getting the hands-on work experience, learning that trade, um, whatever that trade may be, and I'll be glad to tell you about some of those, but it's going to be more meaningful for, uh, for that individual uh, because they're in, they're in a career field that they enjoy. So uh, definitely a different form of higher education. They'll still get a little bit of classroom time, and that could even result in college credits, industry-recognized credentials, uh, sometimes even associate's degrees. So there's real opportunity for someone to continue to grow if they wish. So that's why the pre-apprenticeship pipeline starting in high school, continuing on to registered apprenticeship in the workforce is a very valuable thing for someone who's maybe not hoping to uh, test the waters by paying money at, at a college to try something they may not like. So it, it's a really uh, useful tool for not only educators putting their students on that pathway, the pre-apprentice to registered apprentice person and the employer. It's a perfect marriage of all three. That's a great way of putting it. I, I hadn't really thought of it in that way, but it, it is just a different form of higher learning. And, you know, when, when you think about the, the jobs of the future and, and the, the positions, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, Intel coming to central Ohio and, and needing loads of skilled workers to first build the facility but then operate it when you you know once it once it's done you know, what what are some of those those apprenticeship fields that they they can get into well I, I think you'll be surprised and the folks listening will be surprised um normally we have our our big in, our, our big industries such as manufacturing and uh construction trades and they are kind of the staples and they have a, a robust amount of, of participants but we also have everything from information technology, which is rapidly growing throughout the state. Healthcare occupations are taking off as well. Those are the two big ones we're, we're seeing in, in growth. Um, and beyond that, we have everything from firefighting, law enforcement, um, and then about everything in between. So it's, it's a pretty remarkable uh, group. It's not your traditional envisionment of what a, a, an apprenticeship is anymore. It spans many industries. That's great. 
you know, you, you mentioned some of these and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of overlap with the career and technical centers, you know, uh, what connection do you have with the work that's happening in those uh, career and technical centers? Well, most specifically is when a, a career technical center is ready to explore putting together a recognized pre-apprenticeship, I offer them a tutorial or an introduction to recognized pre-apprenticeship, which I hold twice a month um, on the first Monday and the third Wednesday. So I hold those routinely to make sure I get everybody in and, and up to speed on their knowledge to make the right choices. So we want them to be prepared for what they're getting into. Um, beyond that, I walk them through the process of putting together a very simple outline called an operating plan. Um, and then once we get them to an approval point where their program is up to, um, up to speed and they're ready to um, launch things, um, I provide them technical support if they have any. But the really great thing is when they adopt an OSAC recognized pre-apprenticeship through us here at Apprentice Ohio, it doesn't really have to look too much different from maybe the work-based learning they're already doing. We just have the special aspect involved of linking them to the workforce and connecting people to registered apprenticeships to continue learning. It's very special. Yeah, I, I could see how that, that would be really beneficial because like you said, mo most of the work is already happening in there. It, it's, yeah. it's really just about them kind of you know fine tuning or enhancing a little bit what they're doing and it's it goes along with their mission their mission is to to give students not just the skills but but then that access to those those career opportunities outside of school and this sounds like it's just a direct shot once they partner with you right out of the the CTE to in into those apprenticeships yeah absolutely awesome so how do you partner with the state support teams to improve outcomes for students? Well, I was very fortunate. Um, shortly after I came on board here at the Apprentice Ohio unit uh, to get invited and to a, uh, a job fair back when those were more common than they are today. Right. But uh, I got acquainted with them. I, I, I wasn't familiar up to that point. And then once I, I learned who they were, their mission and how they support education throughout the state, I began to develop some good connections and relationships with the state support teams. Um, and, and they were so kind and, and always included me in events such as the, the, the job fairs. Um, I was fortunate enough to go to some, um, some of the regularly scheduled meetings to present, um, I think most specifically towards individuals maybe with disabilities or limitations and uh, speak to them about how this could still be applicable to them. Uh, because we do support and encourage um, organizations, schools and employers to embrace populations with disabilities because um, this is a program for everybody. No, absolutely. You know, with you hear a lot in the news and in the education field these days about you know, DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, you know, what, what I've come to learn and what I think a lot of organizations and businesses are learning is that it, it's not something that you do just for PR or just to be nice or something like that, but that the organizations that are, are truly invested in DEI and, and make opportunities available to people with disabilities and, and other underrepresented groups, it, it's actually good for business as well. You know, it, it's uh, employees are happier. You know, they, the, those businesses make more money. They retain employees at a higher rate. Their employee satisfaction is higher. So 
um, I, I think it's it's great to to be able to show them and help them connect with some of those groups that are underserved. Yeah, definitely, and uh, and I see it as a tremendous value add to employers who are seeking out these pockets of talent, who are motivated to learn, who are motivated to work. Um, this will really help them overcome the challenges that we face today and getting people to engage with the workforce is finding these pools of talent, which maybe had once been viewed as unconventional or uncommon. They are there. We just have to make sure we connect and encourage the, the thinking that we have these wonderful people um, of all, in all these pockets of talent, all these you know, human resources out there who can grow our organizations and be, and be a huge factor in success. Definitely. Well, I, I love that we're, we're able to partner with you on that. That's, I, I think it's just good for everyone. So I, I want to thank you again for, for joining us today. If, if people would like to know more about you and the work that you do, where should they go? Absolutely. Um, and I would encourage everybody to go check out our website. It's apprentice.ohio.gov, uh, very simply. And when you go there, you'll find resources for career seekers. You'll find resources for pre-apprenticeships. Now, this is more geared towards maybe the organization looking to uh, form one. But if you're a career seeker and you want to find uh, resources for registered apprenticeships, we have that there. We have, we have information for employers. Um, and then also, if you want to reach out and contact me, please go to the contact section because you'll see a list of not only myself, but my teammates um, throughout the state. Um, I currently handle all of the uh, recognized pre-apprenticeship pieces. Um, thankfully, though, we have a brand new teammate named Suzanne Gordon, which you'll be able to reach her the same way you reach me, and she will be focusing on recognized pre-apprenticeships as well. But check out our website at apprentice.ohio.gov. That's great. Well, thank you again. We, we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Eric. Well, that wraps up this episode of the State Support Team 11 podcast. If you'd like to know more about us and the work we do here at SST 11, go to our website, sst11.org. Give us a call at 614-753-4694 or hit us up on Twitter. We're at SST Region 11. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I'm at eric.neal at escco.org. Until next time, thanks for listening.